So I, I know you've got a lot going on. But remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. I think last time we spoke, I was on my way to Safari. And now that I'm speaking to you again, I'm leaving Safari. Just the way the timing worked out that I wasn't recording. I didn't have a new episode to do while I was in the middle of the trip. I was only here. And by here, I mean, I'm at Masai Mara, um, which is absolutely beautiful. But I'm only here for three days. Um, That's enough safari and animals and tent life for me. My accommodations are absolutely lovely. The service here has been amazing. I go on safari every day at 6.15 a.m. And then again, somewhere between 3.30 and 4.30 for an evening drive. To see the animals as the day, or at least daylight, is winding down and to catch the sunset. I've seen some absolutely breathtaking views and and animals doing animal things, just very basic things. Last night we were coming back and we saw a lion, a lioness, excuse me, um, feeding her two cubs. It was really beautiful. And then the night before that, at sunset, a pride of lions was reunited. The adults had been separate from two of the cubs for most of the day. And this was different cubs than the ones that I just described. They were a little bit bigger. The cubs that we saw that were nursing were about think they said two weeks old, three weeks old. They were so, so small. But these cubs were a few months old. So they were a little bigger and more playful. But the mama lion was running up the was running up a hill to get to the cubs. And the cubs were like running to get to mom. It was like you ever see families reunite at the airport, especially at the international terminal. You know, people are holding signs and people run toward one another. And it's just you're just so happy to see somebody. This is how these animals were after not seeing each other for an entire day. And I was like, look at all this love. But they reached each other. They're on the side of the hill. And from the angle that I was shooting at, the sun was setting behind them. So it's like that golden time of day on these like very golden brown. You know from the pictures you take how brown looks good in sunlight. But they were just beautifully lit. And the cubs were so happy to see mom. And they wanted to like play. So they kept like bumping into her and rubbing up against her. And she was acting like she didn't want to be bothered. But she didn't push nobody away. She just kept walking. It was really cute. And then they met up with the rest of the pride. And then some other cubs, like cousins, essentially were all excited to see each other. Like they had a whole nother reunion. And then they walked to the water together. I have all of this on video. Like it's it's crazy. But then all the lions walked to the water together um, and spotted some giraffes. And then one of the lions tried to chase the giraffes and the giraffes ran. It was crazy. But this is this is my day. Like I get up every day and, and go look at animals, usually giraffes at sunrise. Yesterday morning, it was a face off. It was like six giraffes and three lions were trying to pounce on the giraffes. So the giraffes had to run. And then there were hyenas waiting in the background. Hyenas don't like to take stuff down. Hyenas like to feast on the leftovers. They're scavengers. There was like 10 hyenas waiting in the background. I was explaining this to him. 
I called him and was like, I miss you. And he was like, I thought about you earlier too. He's like, how are you? And I was like, I'm good. And I was like, you thought about me, what you think about? And he was like, I was thinking, I hope her ass don't get eaten by no cheetah. (laughs) I was like, I hate you. (laughs) I hate that man. (laughs) But if I had a really good time here, I leave later today to get back on this little plane to go back to Nairobi. I hate them little planes. It's only 45 minutes, but the plane ride over here, views were amazing. Let me say that first. Let me say something positive first. The plane was like the size of a church van. I made the mistake of sitting in the back because it was only four passengers on the plane and I didn't want to sit right up on anybody. And I was the last person to get on. So there was somebody in the first row. There was somebody in the second row. There was somebody in the third row. And then there was only a fourth row. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just sit in the fourth row. Huge mistake. One, I had to put on a Dell and I put it on blast. Like I had my eyes closed and I'm trying to zone out and and sing silently, but also at the top of my lungs. I'm gripping this patch in the seat because I just need something to hold on to to like steady myself. Even though like, you know, something happened to that plane. There is no steadying. You ever ride on the street with a bunch of potholes? Or gone on safari and because these roads are not paved. That's what it felt like being on that plane for 45 minutes straight. And and the plane was making stops like it was a bus. So they were like, oh, yeah, the place you're going to, like, that's the second stop. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Like, we're going down and then coming back up again. They were like, oh, yeah, but it's only five minutes between airstrips. Okay, sort of. I don't have a choice at this point. I mean, I could not get on the plane, but I'm getting on the plane. I'm going on safari. Okay. So I get on the plane as soon as it took off, I was like, this is a bad idea. And then we make a stop. The, the bumpiness of the plane on the way down, I was like, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to absolutely throw up. I pulled the throw up bag and opened it and had it sitting there in front of me. I'm also sweating to death at this point and my mouth is watering. I know enough from over drinking in college. I'm about to throw up. So the plane lands and I was like, ooh, okay. Like I feel, I feel all right. All right. We just got to get five minutes to the next destination. Like, okay. All right. Like I can do this. You could do this D. Like, you know, big girl pants. Let's go plane took off five minutes we didn't go that high we're flying over the land I can see like animals running around I can see giraffes like in herds in the distance and I'm like oh my god this is some beautiful shit we hit a bump my stomach was like bitch no we started coming down I was like okay just hold on D just hold on just hold on just hold on as soon as we landed I threw up so I get on the plane again in like three hours I'm gonna try to sit in the middle even if I gotta sit next to somebody if I gotta throw up it it just is what it is and then that plane lands I have a layover for an hour and 45 minutes. And then I get on another plane. Hopefully it's not a little plane. Please, God, don't let it be a little plane to go to Lamu. I think it's the oldest city, not just in Kenya, but I think in East Africa. It doesn't have cars. You get around by either motorcycle or donkey. And I have to take a boat to get to my hotel. This is going to be interesting. I said I wanted a life of adventure. Here, and here I'm having it. I wore white yesterday, which... They say don't wear white on safari, but my thinking was because it's hot and the sun is beaming down that white should work. And then maybe like two hours into it, I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror. I looked like pig pen. I was covered in filth. And I was like, oh, that's why you don't wear white on safari. I come back filthy. When I wash my face, like the towel is dark brown. It looks like the black is coming off me. That's how covered in dirt I am. I'm asked to keep my showers to three minutes. And I was like, oh, there's a lot of me. More in some places than others. I need more than three minutes to get it all clean. Um, but that's that's the request. I try to get it done in five. This is the last thing about the safari. Remember I went on safari with the elephants 
earlier this year, I went to North Ghana. Those guys had guns and I don't want them to use the guns. I don't I don't want to die. I don't want any of the animals to die. I just want to visit their home and be a polite guest and observe them. I don't want any harm to come to them. I don't want I don't want to threaten them. Nothing like that. But they had guns in case the animals, you know, went animal. There's no guns like we get in the truck every day and we just go. My driver is um, he's a native to to the Mara. Most of the drivers I've seen have on their traditional dress. They have a, a blade. It's a big blade, but I was like, you gonna, you gonna stab the elephant? You gonna stab a lion? Like, who are you, Idris Elba? Please tell me you saw Beast. That was the funniest shit I have ever seen. I, I wasn't supposed to laugh, I don't think, but I rewound that scene like a good three times to watch Idris Elba box that lion. That shit was funny. I asked my guy, I was like, hey, like, you don't, no guns, no. And he was like, no, he's like, they don't bother you unless you bother them. And I was like, is it that simple? And he was like, yeah. He was like, don't agitate them. Don't bother them. Like, you know, that's it. He didn't even say, don't get out the car. Don't make loud noises. I mean, just, you know, I just, I do intrinsically what, you know, black people do around animals. They don't know. No sudden movements no bright colors, no loud noises. This lady the other day was going at one of the fucking lions. I was like, bitch, you trying to get us all fucking killed. Stop that shit. It was a lady in another car. That's how loud it was. Cause when I go out, it's just me and my driver. I have a private tour. It's a lot, but it's so fun. I had this thought and I was like, you know what? I'll probably never wear fur again because I'm looking at these beautiful animals. And I was like, you know, killing these animals for their fur is wrong. I said that to one of my friends and she was like, yeah, OK, you're not going to say that shit. If your ass end up in Detroit in January, you'll believe in fur then. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh, what else is going on? So many shenanigans. I hate that we have to talk about Kanye West, but it's like. Last episode, we did an interview and we didn't talk about Kanye and it's, it's literally a week has passed and like the sky has fallen. We'll get to that. I, just, I can't begin with Kanye. There's so much other stuff to talk about. I have a whole list of good black news. I don't even know where to start. Let's start with Rihanna. Rihanna dropped a new single, Lift Me Up at Midnight. I'm recording this at 8.08 a.m. in Kenya, which means it is 1 a.m. on the East Coast. I want to tell you that I waited up to listen to the Rihanna album, but really I had to wait for daylight because you could hear the animals in the background when I record. And it just it was weird. So I waited until the animals quieted down and the birds, because the birds was loud as hell this morning. They brought it down to like a 10 right now. So I don't know if you can still hear them, but it's 8.08 a.m. And since I was up, I was like, let me go ahead and listen to the new Rihanna. It's worth the wait. We haven't had new Rihanna music, I want to say since 2016. It's part of the Black Panther soundtrack, which I'd heard rumors that she was on it, but nobody had confirmed it. But the song is now out. It's a really cute little ballad. I read on Vulture that it was written by three people, two of them being Tim's and the other one, Ryan Coogler. I was like, oh, so you're writing movies and songs now? Like, okay. And I don't mean okay as in shady. I mean like, okay as in good for you. Writers write and artists create across genres. I love that. I also read, same Vulture article, that there's another song on the soundtrack by Rihanna, the second one is written by Dream. Vulture reports that according to multiple critics, two Rihanna's songs played during the credits of Wakanda Forever. And then in addition to Lift Me Up, she's set to sing another ballad produced by the Dream called Born Again. Vulture wonders the same thing I do, and I'm sure you do too. Does this mean we're getting an album? Does this mean R9, which was, you know, Rihanna told us was going to be the name of the next album? Does this mean that it's, it's coming? Maybe? Possibly? 
It, we've been waiting since 2016. I mean, not that she hasn't been busy. She's turned herself into a billionaire and created a whole fashion and beauty empire and and become a mom. She's had things to do. She's not been sitting on her ass. But really, honestly, like even her net worth before Fenty, she could have sat on her ass and done nothing. It's not like she'd be a drain on anybody's system. Like she can afford herself. That said, are we getting a new album? I think we're getting a new album. There's two songs, right? And she's headlining the Super Bowl in January. And, and she's allegedly going on tour. This all sounds like amazing promo leading up for a new Rihanna album. I mean, I just want a new album. I'm a huge Rihanna fan. I want a new album. Thank you. They say absence makes the heart grow fonder. Absence has made my heart grow fonder. I, I liked Rihanna, but sitting here waiting on this album. I love me some Rihanna. Oh, what else do we have? I saw Kendrick Sampson. I wanted to call him Kendrick Lamar so bad. I literally had to write in the notes his last name in bold uppercase letters. So I didn't call him Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Sampson, a.k.a. Nathan from Insecure. Light bright with the gray eyes and not to be confused as the other light bright that I love. We're going to talk about him, too, with the blue eyes. I don't know what this new light bright thing is for me. But Kendrick Sampson is in the new Adele video for I Drink Wine. I saw it posted on his Instagram page because I follow him. He said the video was shot a year ago. They've waited all this time to release it. Okay, it's a full on production. I didn't watch the whole thing. I just saw when Adele was she's in a gown sitting in a floaty in the middle of the pool and then there's like synchronized swimmers and Kendrick Sampson see you hear me I almost did it again Kendrick Sampson is in the pool and he brings her wine I mean it's a lot going on but you know he's fine and he ain't got a shirt on and he's in a pool and I'm happy Adele loves some brown I mean her her guy is brown but even before the current guy she had, what was the big video that she did? She had Michael, not Michael B. Jordan. What's the other one? What's the other one? He played Michael. His name might not even be Michael. Tristan. I'm so terrible with names. Mac Wilde's real name. This is what I'm typing into Google right now. Tristan Wilde's. Jesus. But yeah, she had Tristan Wilde's in one of her videos before that. She does love the brown. But good for Kendrick. I want him to get more love. I want to see him acting more. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall, like it... I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. 
which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I I just actually skipped right over the Wakanda Forever premiere that was in L.A., I usually don't have FOMO about anything going on in the U.S. Every once in a while, there's a big event that hits. I don't even know if I was living in L.A. if I would have been invited. I like to think I would have got an invite. I saw a bunch of my journalist friends who had attended, and I was like, maybe, maybe there was a chance I would have been on the invite list. But the Wakanda premiere looked so beautiful. You know how I feel about a big budget. Well spent. It looked very sexy and very glamorous. Like, the budget was brought out. Lupita looked amazing. She had on this white... I don't want to call it a get up because it makes it sound like I'm being shady, but it was like this white dress gown. It all tied in the front, like all the way down. There was like peekaboos of flesh. And you know, Lupita has body. Like when you see her walking towards you, she looks like a thin girl. But then you see her turn around and, and she's not so thin in the back. She's a nice shaped woman, but she was just as cute as she could be. She looks so pretty. Angela Bassett looked amazing because Angela Bassett always looks amazing. She and Denai had on similar colors. And I was like, I wonder if that was coordinated. And then Letitia Wright, she wore, it was a very simple black suit with this um, rhinestone embellishment. And it was a nod to an outfit that Chadwick had, that Chadwick Boseman had worn, I think to the premiere of the original Black Panther. It was obviously a nod to Chadwick. When I saw the images side by side on Facebook, I'd be upset sometimes about Chadwick Boseman passing away. Like I knew him in real life, like, like he was big cousin who only showed up to the holidays and no one tried to hide that that was their favorite cousin, favorite nephew, favorite child. Every family has that. Yeah. Like there's one person who people just kind of go gaga for and like don't even try to hide it. But I feel like Chadwick would have been that member of my family. That's how I feel about him. I ever told you about the guy who like I was dating who stopped speaking to me because I was on the phone with him when John Murray texted me that Chadwick Boseman had died. And I remember, we didn't know that he was even sick. Well, no one, I guess, outside of his inner circle knew that he was dying. And so John texted me an article that said Chadwick Boseman died. And it came through like I had my earphones in. So I was looking at my screen and it came through and the guy was speaking. And I said, oh, my God. And he said, what? What's wrong? And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, Chadwick Boseman died. And he was silent for a minute. And he was like, are you are you scrolling your phone while we're talking? And I was like, well, yeah, like I had my headphones in and I saw my it came on my screen because my friend just texted me and he was like, did you like know him or something? And I was like, Chadwick Boseman. And he was like, yeah, he was like, because you sound really upset, like you knew him. And I was like, I'm talking about Chadwick Boseman, like the guy that played Black Panther. And he was like, yeah, but did you know him? And I was like, oh, God. And he texted me the following day and was just like, you know, like, I just don't think that you're just really um, focused on us. And I was like, oh, my God, you can- one, we're only dating Two, like, are you kidding me right now? Like Chadwick Boseman died and you're mad that I went to shock. You're mad that I had shock about it. Nobody knew he was sick. Neither here nor there. That turned out to be a blessing in disguise based on some stuff that happened later. But yeah, but it looked like a really good premiere. Oddly enough, all these people went to this film and saw it. I've heard not nary one spoiler. One friend said, I don't even want to repeat it because I don't want to, I don't even want to repeat it because his critique was so, it was very vague, but it was also like some shit I didn't really care about. He said, it's a lot of dialogue. It's not a lot of action. And I was like, um, I'm fine with that. To be quite honest with you, I told you, because I told you before that I read that the film was like two hours and 40 minutes. 
and people were like, oh, that's long. And I was like, I don't care. They literally could have done an entire like Aretha Franklin type funeral for Chadwick Boseman for Wakanda forever. And I would have been fine. Whatever they put on my screen, I will be fine with. They could sit around in a circle and talk about their favorite memories of Chadwick Boseman. And I would be fine with that. Just put on the costumes and have it set in Africa, in Wakanda, and have like some vibranium technology going on in the background. I'm fine with that. I don't care if they talk too much. I don't care if there's not enough action. I don't care if they spend an hour on the funeral, which I don't know that they did. That's just me speculating. I know ample time was spent mourning the death of T'Challa. But I was like, I'm, I'm fine with that. Remember I told y'all when I was talking about this the first time, I was like, I'll just get a big bag of popcorn, which I won't because they don't have buttered popcorn here. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. If I wanted American culture, I should have stayed in America. I'm not eating sugar popcorn, though. I just, I draw a line somewhere. Michael Ely was trending on Twitter. <laughs> a couple people sent me the links. I can't remember the, the site that did a compilation, but people were trying to figure out, why is Michael Ely trending? And a bunch of people were like, please, Lord, let it be a sex tape. <laughs> that man is almost 50 years old. He has not gone his whole career with no scandal and no sex tape to release one now. <laughs> but if there was, somebody sent it to me. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm not. He's not trending because of a sex tape. He's trending because of reasonable doubt. Have we talked about reasonable doubt in detail? I've been doing recaps on social media because I really love the show. I didn't think Hulu put enough effort into the promo. And sometimes I just love a show. I just want to like, you know, talk about it with other people. It's not always about a check. But I have very selfish reasons for promoting this one. One, because I'm obsessed with Michael Ely. Two, because I need this show to get a season two. I needed to make money. I needed to get views and streams so that it gets to season two so I can keep seeing Michael Ely on my screen. I have very selfish motivations here, but it's one of the best shows on TV or on streaming right now. The, the most recent episode that came out, I think on Monday, I know I didn't talk about it because I remember when I watched it, I already finished recording the last episode, but the first, the opener, it's like the first three minutes is a love scene between Michael Ely and the heroine of the show. It's a lawyer named Jax. And it is one of the best love scenes that I have seen on TV. Shit, since, since Michael Ely was tea cake and their eyes were watching God and he licked Janie. Like he licked her. He licked this new lady too. And I was like, oh my God. The end of two episodes ago, but she, she called somebody. It was either Michael Ely or her husband. But she called Michael Ely and he showed up to the house and the scene picks up. I'm not going to detail you the, the love scene. You need to see it for yourself. Get wine. Have wine ready. Have ample time. I around the opener like a good four times. I was like, now this is some excellent TV. But she called Michael Ely over to the house. His name is Damon on the show. I'm never calling him that. He's just Michael Ely. Every character he plays, Michael Ely drops kids out the window. Michael Ely gets rabies. Michael Ely is under the bed stalking someone. Michael Ely just got out of jail. All the same person to me. She, she asked him to come over to the house and she's holding this glass of wine in front of her. And he comes over, he takes the wine away. He was like, what did you want to talk to me about? Ooh, the way he looks at her, the, the voice in which he says it, it's so much goddamn energy. Just leaping off the screen, leaping. But if you're not watching Reasonable Doubt, you absolutely must. It made Michael Ely trend on Twitter. Not even the show, not the name of the show, not the, net, not the streaming service that it's on. Not, not the name of the character. Remember when Insecure was like Team Lawrence or, you know, Team... Daniel. No, no, just Michael Ely. <laughs> Everyone does that with him. He doesn't have a character. He just has his name first and last always. No one ever just calls him Michael. It's always Michael Ely 
or in my case, motherfucking Michael Ely, put an MF on it once to put some respect and so ignorant niggas hear me. First, somebody says something about me using the N-word all the time. That's a Lauren Hill line. Add a motherfucker so you ignorant niggas hear me. <sighs> Speaking of ignorant niggas, <laughs> we're not going to talk about him yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm not all caught up on TV. Literally, I go out on safari at 6.15 in the morning. I come back at 10 something. I go back to bed and then I go back out on safari come back to the tent, scrub myself, scrub myself, go to dinner, and then I'm exhausted and back in the bed. I haven't had a chance to to do or watch anything. Look at animals, go to sleep, and eat. So I haven't had a chance to catch up on the latest episode of Handmaid's Tale. One of my friends told me, she's like, all I do is scream at the screen. And I was like, I don't know if I'll scream anymore. I hate all the characters on that show. I said, the only person I'm not mad at is June's second baby. She's not old enough to do anything that she can actually be held accountable for. Everybody else, I'm just, I'm over. I'm going to keep watching the show because I have to know what happens, but I'm just, I'm over. I did see the finale of um, House of Dragons. I'm not calling it by its actual name. Stop it. That was a lot to happen to one person in one episode. Like three different people died on one woman in, in one episode. I was like, that's a lot. I'm trying not to give you any spoilers, even though it's been almost a week, but still... People got lives and whatnot. If you haven't seen the finale, the season finale at that of House of Dragons, hastily take yourself to HBO Max. Thank you. So you can join in with the rest of us and be pissed until 2024 when the new season comes out. I was like, 2024? Do you mean 2023? 2024. And it better be the top of 2024. And they better not fuck it up. Remember they did that with the final season of Game of Thrones? I know I bring that up all the time because I'm just not over it. But they sat there and made us wait for like over a year for Game of Thrones to come back. And then it came back and the last season was trash. Don't fuck up season two. There's also this other show. People keep sending it to me called From Scratch. It's starring, almost said Thandi Newton. She's persona non grata. Zoe Saldana. She just got back in people's good graces. After the Nina Simone fiasco. I have not seen From Scratch. My friends are raving about it up and down my timeline on Facebook. I will give it a watch. Apparently, it's about this black woman who moves to Italy and finds an Italian and cooks a lot. It's based on a true story. That's what I picked up from people talking about it. That could be entirely inaccurate. I'm just letting you know what I think it's about. Um, But my next location, I should have good Wi-Fi. And more importantly, I should have downtime. I want to do nothing for a couple days. I want to ride a donkey, which I told my dad. And he was like, you want to do what? They ain't got no cars? And I was like, actually, they don't. That's not the point. The point is, I want to watch from scratch. People are talking about they boo-hoo, cry. Helena, Helena Andrews, Dyer. She was on the show a couple months ago to talk about her new book about mommyhood, raising her black daughters in gentrified D.C. I hope y'all check that out. She's an excellent writer. She's one of my favorite writers. But she was raving about from scratch. And, you know, she got two little kids. It's like her daughters are, are they three and five? Three and six? An age where they got to be watched and looked after and... You don't take no downtime to binge a whole show if the show ain't good because downtime is precious. But she was raving about it. She was like, I cried at the end. And I was like, you're not really a crier. Like me telling people I cried, they're like, Demetri, you cry at commercials. You cry all the time. Like it's not really telling us anything. Helena saying she cried. I was like, oh, is that emotional? Another non-crier friend said the same thing. And I was like, oh, shit. So remember earlier in the episode when I said speaking to ignorant niggas? And I'm sure everybody assumed I was speaking to Kanye West because I did mention him earlier. My stance on Kanye West hasn't changed. I I still think he's experiencing a mental health crisis. 
I think the people who are trying to justify what's going on with him are also experiencing a mental health crisis. I don't understand how anyone can look at this man's actions and think this is some genius level master plan that's been well thought out. He's experiencing a severe mental health crisis and he's losing everything that was important to him and that he's worked for for the last 20 some odd years of his life. And he lost it within a week. Literally, last episode, between the time I was recording and then the time I finished editing, Balenciaga had dropped him. And the week since then, the list is too long. He's out on the Adidas contract. He lost over a billion in net worth when he lost the Adidas contract. I think his net worth went from $2 billion down to $400 million, which is nothing to scoff at. But Kanye loved telling people that he was a billionaire. And now suddenly he's he's posting how money isn't everything and he's here to serve the people. And I was like, what people? White lives matter? Because it's not black people. Not after the crazy shit you've been saying. Who, what people are you serving, sir? Do you know? I don't think he does. Because again, experiencing a mental health crisis. But just to look at his life in chaos. Like I saw something earlier today. Because you know he has Donda Academy in, um, in California. Calabasas, I believe. He has a school named after his mother. The school sent out a message to the parents, hey, we're closed immediately for the rest of the year. There will be no school tomorrow. And sayonara, adios, and good luck with finding education for your children. Now, I already question the judgment of people who are paying $15,000 a year for a private non-accredited school. Still, you were paying for your child to go to school to get an education at this place that you thought they would be going to in the morning, but no. And then... It opened again. And it was like, oh, never mind. School will be on tomorrow. We'll be hosting prayer first thing. What? Tommy gets kicked out of the Adidas contract, which I told you my friend had a conspiracy theory that that wasn't his intent all along. I'm not so sure about that. But he gets cut from Adidas. And then he shows up at the Skechers office, unannounced, uninvited, somehow, despite his anti-Semitic comments, which he has since apologized for. I think it's too little too late. And it was a weird apology. But he did issue an apology to the Jewish community. We the blacks are, are still waiting on an apology. Slavery is a choice. Disinherited Tubman. That time you compared your ex-wife to Michelle Obama. Your most recent comments about George Floyd. No, no forgiveness. But again, mental health crisis. He did find that moment of clarity to apologize to the Jewish community, though. But he showed up at the Skechers office not realizing, not caring or not thinking the, the owners of Skechers would care about his most recent anti-Semitic comments. He didn't realize, didn't research, didn't care thought the owners wouldn't care about those comments. He was promptly escorted by security off premises and Skechers released a statement saying they had no plans at this time or in the future to work with Kanye West. That sounds like a genius level plan to you to go from Adidas to Skechers. And there's nothing wrong with Skechers. They make fine shoes. I'm not going to diss Skechers, but you got to admit that's, that's a fall from grace. That's, that's a downgrade. It is. There was something else that happened. The billions, the school, Adidas, Skechers, there's a lot. Everyone who's had any affiliation with him has dropped him. I saw Madame Tussauds took the um, took the Kanye wax figure down. I was like, are you serious right now? Everyone and their mother is backing away with him. Apple removed the Kanye West playlist. There's been so much. Diet Prada made a, a graphic of all the places that had dropped Kanye West. I saw it yesterday. I doubt it's still up to date at this point. Like everyone who can possibly remove themselves from affiliation with him has done so. I've seen people say that this is, in addition to people saying that this is Kanye West having some genius level master plan, they've also said that 
that people backing away from Kanye West. They were like, well, what about his freedom of speech? And I saw this guy referred to it as a digital lynching. I was like, it's, it's neither of those things. Freedom of speech, I, we have to go over this constantly. I needed everyone to really pay attention to civics class because this isn't the First Amendment. It's a really, really important one. Freedom of speech, for those who are confused, protects you from persecution from the American government. It does not protect you from consequences. It just means that you can say, fuck the president, and nobody's going to come arrest you. You can't threaten the president. I mean, you do have freedom of speech, but there are some things that aren't protected. The example everyone always likes to use is you can't run into a theater and yell fire. It'll cause a stampede. People will be hurt. But in the case of Kanye West, he can absolutely say all of the nonsensical, off-the-wall, harmful incoherent, illogical things that he wants to say. The government will not persecute him. Corporations, average citizens, consumers, you're not obligated to buy anybody's shit. You can decide, I don't want to buy your shit anymore. You have said things that are distasteful. You have offended me. I don't want to be in partnership with you anymore. You have said things that are distasteful. You, you have offended me. In nearly every contract that is any kind of work, to, from CEOs to spokespeople to hell, influencers. I've said this before. Every single contract that I've signed for the last 10 years has a morals clause in it, which means if I go do something that is considered generally offensive to the population that the brand that I'm working with is targeting or the film that I'm working with or the book that I'm promoting, uh, whatever it is. But if I do something that's considered you know, morally inept, everything from being arrested for a DUI to making um, offensive statements to putting up offensive content, any of that. It can be considered offensive um, and I can be dropped from my contract and I may have to return any upfront payments. That how, that's how it works. So the idea that you know Kanye West is being digitally lynched or violated somehow because brands are distancing themselves from him. No, you're actually in violation of contract. The other thing that I've seen people say, and I'm, so we're still not talking about ignorant niggas, just to be clear. The other thing that I've heard people talk about is how all these brands are dropping Kanye West because um his anti-Semitic comments. But no one was dropping him when he was speaking ill of black people. And I think it's worth noting that black people weren't even dropping him when he was speaking ill of black people. Not as a collective. I fully understand that black culture is not a monolith. We have varied opinions and that's fine. But we don't hold a hardline stance in the same way that the Jewish community does. Like, if you say something anti-Semitic, Jewish folks will be on your ass about it. Case in point. Kanye West said a whole bunch of anti-black shit. There were a whole bunch of people defending him. There are people defending him right now. People were still riding with him. He sat up there and said slavery was a choice. And Van Lathan lit his ass up on TMZ. People still rode with him. He talked about Harriet Tubman. People still rode with him. The man was walking around a Confederate flag and, and MAGA hats. And people still rode with him. There are people who adamantly are like, no, he is a genius. He is in his right mind. He is making complete and total sense. I'm like, if this makes total sense to you, you need to check yourself in somewhere. But there are people who are riding with him to this day, like as right now, who are defending him loudly and fiercely and, and think the rest of us are sheep for being like, he's not okay. This is not deliberate. He's spiraling. So people who are like, why didn't corporations cancel him when he was talking about black people? Black people didn't cancel him when he was talking about black people. Not for the MAGA hats, not for the Confederate flags, not for slavery was a choice, not for white lives matter. Black people are still defending him. People being like, well, why didn't these corporations get upset when he said that? Why didn't they drop him when he was saying when he was making anti-black statements? 
Black people didn't drop him. Why were they going to drop him? They were still making money off of him. Now that he's offended the Jewish population, and also, let's be clear, like in the hierarchy of groups that are cared about, I mean, Jewish people are white. White people don't generally think they're white, but Jewish people are white. Of course, they carry more weight in the States. Like, America's still racist. I mean, it's worthy to point out, like, oh, yes, you care about white people more than you do black people. Sure, we could do that about a whole lot of things. Kanye West is not the best example of it, though. I'm just saying. And now I'm sick of talking about Kanye West. Can we move on? The ain't nigga I want to talk about is Herschel Walker. More drama with Herschel Walker. I'm like, this man is his own personal walking soap opera. Every week there's some shit. Which I do not understand how Herschel Walker is even a viable candidate. And not even viable as in like, he's technically on the ballot and people are paying attention to him. Like he's making some noise, but you know, he doesn't really have a shot. No, he's neck and neck. Neck and neck with the, the current sitting senator or one of them from Georgia. I just, I... It, it doesn't make sense. I was reading on Politico that this Georgia Senate race is tied. It's like neck and neck, like 50-50 for the current pastor of Martin Luther King Jr. and Sr.'s Legacy Church and a nigga who can barely string two sentences together. He sounds like Eddie Murphy's Buckwheat character from Saturday Night Live. I just, I just, I just don't understand. I mean, I do. Because Republicans have flatly said, like, we want the Senate. We don't care what Herschel Walker does. We want the Senate. He want to hide some kids. He want to deny some kids. He want to be a deadbeat dad. He want to pay for an abortion, even though he's a staunch anti-abortion candidate. And yet another woman who's represented by Gloria Allred, she says, yeah, uh, yeah, Herschel Walker paid for my abortion too. Ma'am, what? I'm unsurprised. Are you surprised? I'm reading this on NBC News. It says Herschel Walker, the headline is Herschel Walker denies a new abortion allegation. This is this is NBC News. It says Georgia Senate candidate Herschel Walker denied a new allegation from a woman on Wednesday that Walker, who was running on the anti-abortion Republican platform, drove her to a clinic to have an abortion while they were engaged in a romantic relationship decades ago. Now, Herschel has denied this as well, just like he denied the last woman, even though she literally had receipts from the abortion clinic. She had receipts. She had copies of, of the check that he gave her to cover the abortion. She had the, the get well card that he sent her after the abortion. She had a friend. She told about it at the time. It was everything in the kitchen sink but the smoking gun. Herschel Walker said, I'm done with this foolishness. I've already told people this is a lie and I'm not going to continue to carry a lie along. He said, I also want you to know that I didn't kill JFK either. <laughs> he said, all these abortion claims are coming out because Senator Warnock, he said he got crushed at that debate. Is that what happened? I didn't watch the debate. Unless I was voting in Georgia, I wasn't watching that debate. The only thing I heard about the debate is Herschel Walker pulling out his little kitty sheriff badge. Like it held any kind of clout. I was like, that's, that's what they give to children when they visit the police station. It's like some officer friendly type shit. But the woman, the new woman, the second woman who's accusing him of paying for an abortion, she says that she and Walker, they met in the 1980s when he was still playing football. And she says they ultimately fell in love. She said she learned in April 1993 that she had become pregnant and she knew the child was Walker's because she was not intimate with anyone else at the time. She said after discussing the pregnancy with Herschel several times, he encouraged me to have an abortion. She said this during a Zoom news conference in which she was still anonymous. She said she went to a clinic in Dallas but couldn't go through with it. And that made Walker, quote, upset. And he encouraged her to go back to the clinic. 
She says, quote, he then drove me to the clinic the following day and waited for hours in the parking lot until I came out. The woman says, quote, I was devastated because I felt that I had been pressured into having an abortion. End quote. Now, look, I have no problems with abortion and I'm not in the business of, of, of telling people what to do with their bodies when it has absolutely no impact on mine. Make the decision that is best for you. I am genuinely appalled that Herschel Walker is running an anti-abortion campaign for an anti-abortion party who has fought vigorously to take abortion rights and health care, not or and they're one in the same, but to take abortion rights and health care away from women. And yet this mofo is out here paying for abortions. The woman continues. She says, anyone who believes I'm coming forward because Herschel is running as a Republican candidate. This is simply not the case. She says, I am a registered independent and I voted for Donald Trump in both elections. I do not believe that Herschel is morally fit to be a U.S. senator. And that is the reason why I am speaking up. I have a really sick feeling that this mofo going to fuck around and win this election. Because the Republicans are just real they're gangster. They don't care. Democrats, I mean, are in no way morally superior. I mean, they'll fuck you over, too. But they try to have the appearance of a moral conscious and, and do-gooders. They're just not as ruthless. And fuck around and lose elections trying to maintain a moral high ground. There is no moral high ground with Herschel Walker. He's an idiot and a hypocrite. It's clear to everyone, or it should be. And yet viable candidate who will probably get elected unfortunately that's the episode for today i'll be back next week with more shenanigans and foolishness have an excellent weekend talk soon okay bye so i i know you've got a lot going on but remember i'm here for you so bother me when no one's listening because i will Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.